Hey everybody, it's Coach Bill Courtney with an army of normal folks. With Thanksgiving and the holidays coming up, we wanted to bring you a bonus episode from our special campaign, Don't Be a Turkey Person, that currently, believe it or not, has a billboard in Times Square in New York City. And guys, this isn't about eating turkeys. It's one of the most important life lessons that I've ever learned. And it was one I learned from one of my 17-year-old football players from inner city Memphis. The story will likely change the way you look at philanthropy. At least it did for me. We'll bring it to you right after these brief messages from our generous sponsors. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
When I got to Manassas, their previous 10 years record was four wins and 95 losses. Four and 95, they'd won four games in 10 years. Terrible, awful. I'm in my first season and we were three and three midway through the season. And while I think three and three is pretty average, when you've won four games in 10 years, that's pretty good. And the kids were buying in. But the other thing we found out is we had to coach other things. Basic fundamentals and tenets like character, commitment, teamwork, the value of hard work, the importance of just being on time, basic stuff that your grandmother taught you at a kitchen table one day. Half the team is doing what we're asking of them, but the other half the team, while yes or no are on the football field, they're still engaged in some of the same destructive behavior in the streets that kind of got them to 4 and 95 in the first place. And the 4 and 95 is kind of a metaphor. The losing, the, the decades long losing in football is kind of a metaphor for the generational losing that's been going on in some of our most disadvantaged communities. And so I was frustrated. So I went to my guy and every coach has a guy and my guy that year was Bobo and went to Bobo and I said, hey man, how do I get get that half the team to buy into the important stuff like your half the team? Bobo was the guy who whenever asked a question about the culture or society or history of the neighborhoods around Manassas or Manassas itself, would always kind of tell me the down low, the real story. And so when I asked him about why these kids weren't buying the important stuff, Bobo just kind of dismissed me, said, I'll coach, just keep doing what you're doing. And that frustrated me a lot. And I'm like, no, man, real talk. And he said, coach, I, I don't want to hurt your feelings. I said, Bobo, one more time, straight talk. Why won't that half the team buy into the important stuff like you're half the team? And he said, Coach, I don't want to hurt your feelings, but I'll tell you. And I said, okay. He said, Coach, you're trying to figure out if you're a turkey person or not. And I said, Bobo, turkey person? What the hell is a turkey person? He's like, Coach, every Thanksgiving and Christmas, people come into our neighborhoods and they give us hams and gifts and turkeys. And we take them because we ain't got none. But then they leave and we never see them again. And it kind of makes you wonder if, if they're doing that because they really care about us or they're doing that to make themselves feel good. He looked me dead in the eyes and he said, Coach, what the hell are you really doing here, man? And I'm going to tell you something. That pissed me off. Bad. Uh, the truth was I was waking up early in the morning like four, driving to work, getting my work done. Didn't take a lunch break because I spent my 45 minutes at lunch going to Manassas to make sure the guys were doing what they were supposed to do. Went back to work, then hustled up and got to the practice field at 3.30. Practice football from 3.30 to 5.30 or 6 at Manassas. Then I would get in my car and drive to the suburbs to coach my kids in football because the deal was, if I'm gonna coach Manassas, I'm still gonna stay involved with my kids. We, we were paying for ACT prep classes, pre-game meals, helping kids with clothing. We were there every day spending our time, our money, and our resources on 18 hours a day, and we did that for seven years. And this kid wants to look at me and ask me if I'm a turkey person? That's bull, man. I, I mean, honestly, I, you, you, my, my thought was, 
okay, here's the experiment. I've dove in, I've given them my time and my effort, my money, and they still want to see if I'm a turkey person. I'll tell you what I thought. You can't help these people. You can't help these folks. I mean, if everything I'm doing right now isn't enough, you can't help these folks. I wasn't going to quit during the middle of the season, but I'd pretty much made up my mind that I was done. Like I said, I, I coached my kids out in the suburbs, and uh, I would show up to practice at my kids' practice, and they were young. They were in third and fourth grade, you know, coaching high school ball, and I'd show up in my Manassas gear because I didn't have a, a chance to change from Manassas practice going out there, and guys were walking up to me and saying, Bill, what, what's this Manassas stuff you're wearing? And I'm like, you know, it's uh, I'm coaching at Manassas. So like, Manassas? They're terrible. This is not an exaggeration. Two weeks after Bobo told me the turkey person story, the Commercial Appeal, which is the daily newspaper in Memphis, not the sports page, the front page, had a picture, an eight-by-eight picture of me, and the title was Manassas Miracle because we turned around Manassas, me. And so at these practices, people walking up and saying, Bill, it's amazing what you're doing at Manassas. Tell me more. I'd be like, well, I got them ACT prep classes. Wow, Bill, what else are you doing? Well, you know, I got them winning football games. What else? Well, instead of going up and down the cold road these fall nights on yellow school buses, we're, we're riding on charter buses that we're providing. Man, that's amazing, Bill. What else are you doing? Well, I got them doing their homework. What else are you doing? Well, uh, you know, I, I, I got them being respectful in classes. And the point is anybody, anytime anybody asked me anything about everything that was going on at Manassas, I was happy to tell them everything I was doing and getting backslaps and kind of elevated me among my contemporaries in my neighborhood and in my society, and it felt good. Meanwhile, you may not know why kids in the hood sleep in tubs, and it's because most of the neighborhoods in the hood, most of the homes are old and the tubs are cast iron, and the reason people lay their children and babies down to sleep in the tubs at night is because if there's a drive-by shooting, they'll survive the night. Many of these kids didn't know where the next meal was coming from, Many of these kids were doing homework for the first time in their lives, and their friends were calling them chumps. Many kids were getting called sellouts because at Manassas, all the players, all the students are African-American, and I was white. And it was like, man, this white guy ain't got nothing for you, man. What you doing hanging around with this white coach? And these kids, to be part of one positive thing in their life, fought their own friends, some of their own cultural differences, started doing things that other people saw them as chumps for doing. They were getting beaten out of gangs to be able to be part of the football team. They were doing all of these things and starting to the first time in their life be part of anything that had a positive winning thing. And anytime anybody asked me about Manassas, I was all too happy to tell them everything I was doing. If you serve soup at soup kitchens or you give away turkeys on Thanksgiving or gifts at Christmas to children who don't have them, it is a beautiful thing. 
do not misunderstand the purpose of my sharing this story with you. There's, there's not only nothing wrong with doing those things, those are great things to do, and I think we're called to do them and should do them. But what's your motive? What's your motive? Are you doing it because it makes you feel good? Are you doing it because people in your family or friends around you in your business say, oh, isn't it nice what you're doing and they're giving you backslaps? Are you doing it because your company has a philanthropy that everybody gets around and you're just kind of called to do it because it's the right thing to do in your business and maybe even it helps you when the next promotion talks come up? What's your motive? If you are not motivated to do something for the simple edification and exaltation of another person who is not as blessed as fortunate as you, and you're motivated by what it does for you, then you are in fact a turkey person. And what a turkey person is, is a fraud. And I can say that to you because I was one. My son was sitting at the kitchen table and he looked at me not long after the turkey person story and the Manassas Miracle article came out. And he said, hey dad, I know everything you're doing at Manassas, but what are your players' names? Out of the mouths of babes, an eight-year-old boy shocked me when he revealed to me that I'd been telling everybody everything I was doing, but people didn't even know the kids' names who were actually doing the work. I reversed course immediately. I started giving credit where credit's due. I started stepping back and, and allowing them to have the, the, the illumination of the success. And this crazy thing happened. That group of kids that weren't buying into the important stuff started buying in because what they saw was a servant, not a fraud. We need to create an army of normal folks that do things all over our country and their communities and their neighborhoods and say, hey, I have a need, I can help. I know government's never gonna get it right and I know the fancy people on CNN and Fox are just dividing us, but I see, a, I see a need and I can fill it in my neighborhood and community. We need an army of normal folks saying, hey, I can help, but we need to be motivated properly too because we can do more damage than good if we go into areas of need and do it for ourselves. We need an army of normal folks, motivated properly, not turkey persons, servants, who see area need and fills those areas of needs for the right reasons, for the right people. And if we did that, we literally can change this country. And that's a lesson that was taught to me by a 17-year-old black kid from the hood, my first year at Manassas. All right, y'all, thanks for checking out this bonus episode. I hope you'll consider sharing it with family and friends over the holidays. And if you want to check out or share the video version of the story, go to turkeyperson.com. It's on the homepage. You can also join the army of normal folks there, and gosh, I hope you will. Together, guys, we can change this country. But remember, it starts with you. I'm Bill Courtney. I'll see you next week.
I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.